0: Welcome to Rule Talk with two unconventional farm wives.
1: Hi, I'm Jenna. And I'm Ashley. We will be having real and honest conversations about navigating our way through motherhood, farming, and finding our own role in our rural life and everything in between. We are so happy you're here. Hello, we are back. We're back. (laughs) We jenna had on her stories last night about how oh my goodness last week we were gonna record and my morning just kind of went haywire and then monday night i was getting ready i was like oh shoot the time and then i looked i texted jenna she's like my phone acted up and so that didn't work out and then i was at golf and she's like sending me a link and i'm like (laughs) i no wednesday night not tonight she's like we're hot messes we are hot hot mess we don't know what day of the week it is nope it's fine it's the end of sure summer. Don't. we are at that point where we're just surviving through summer yeah but we're here we made it
0: yes i think i said in my stories that i was like not happy about the boys going back to school because i'll totally miss them but like getting in a routine is going to be so nice again because uh we are so out of whack right now it's crazy
1: I agree. I'm not looking forward to school starting and having a routine, but I'm looking forward to a routine.
0: If yeah. that makes
1: any sense. Yeah. Cause summer
0: hits and a routine goes completely out the window right? Um, for us. So yeah.
1: All okay. right. So I think we're just going to catch up just really quickly. And then we are going to chat about some fun farm facts that we found. Um, I thought it was really fun to kind of, see some of these facts and learn a little bit more about it. But uh, you also said in your stories last night, like your kids are going back to school already next week and it is August 2nd today.
0: Yeah. So we go back the 8th. Um, There are already some schools in our area that actually went back last week. I was just telling Ashley before we hopped on here that Uh, We kind of run on what they call a balanced calendar, so longer breaks, like, through the year, spring break, fall break, Christmas break, are a little bit longer than your norm, but um, we get out, like, the week before Memorial Day, but we go back, like, like beginning of August, so it's kind of, I don't know, double-edged sword, like, it's not, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either, so, right, yeah.
1: Yeah. And my kids don't start school until the 29th. So we have a few more weeks to go.
0: So literally right before Labor Day and then they're off. Right.
1: So we go for like four weeks or four days, excuse me, and then Labor Day weekend. And then they have four days again. And then they kind of get into the full. Well, that kind of eases them into it. I guess it does, which is nice. Um, our school is doing like construction, so they got out a week earlier, and they're starting a week later this summer, and they'll do the same thing next summer to finish the construction stuff. Um, so that's been really nice to kind of have a little bit longer of a summer. But I'm yeah, like I said, I'm so already- my kids will be
0: my kids will be going two days, so we start on Tuesday, they'll go Tuesday Wednesday, and then um we'll leave for state fair oh, to show okay. pigs at the state fair on. Thursday. So they'll be out of school Thursday and Friday.
1: Yeah. So like so, they're gonna go
0: two days and then miss two days. But that is also the benefit of going to like a country school or a rural school is those are like excused absences because it is ag related and um considered like educational. So yeah. that's a plus. Well I
1: mean if you're starting when it's a state fair, I mean you can't expect it to be yeah, not so when I was is. in
0: school, um we didn't start anything until after like we didn't start school till after the state fair.
1: So like I think Iowa made it so like school doesn't start, not all schools, but for the most part no schools start until after the state fair. Yeah,
0: it's it's really silly. Um yeah, so like this weekend at our state fair, the barrows show. So if you don't know what a barrow is, a barrow is a boy pig. Um so they show this weekend. So Paxton and I are leaving um, early in the morning to take the one barrow that we're showing there um, for this weekend. And then we turn around and do it all over again next weekend for three more gilts, um, which are the girl pigs. And yeah, I love State Fair. Jason absolutely hates State Fair because it's just like, too y for him and crowded and stuff. Um, but exciting news for Indiana state fair. Um, we got a whole new swine barn this year. And so like the swine barn was one that, uh, was one of the only buildings at our state fair for livestock that was not air conditioned. Um, so they built a whole new swine barn and it is now air conditioned. So we are all like super, super excited about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: that will be Awesome so much yeah. nicer when it's hot and humid
0: oh my gosh yes yes you don't have pigs like overheating and stuff it's right got a little crazy sometimes but but yeah and what about you
1: guys we're just surviving through summer um it's been fairly dry here we've been getting some rain we can't complain compared to other areas but it is pretty darn dry but um yeah, I think everything's looking good. We're doing good. Uh just trying to survive through the summer.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <feel> like <laughs> my garden August is like, let's just get through it.
0: Yeah, my garden went to shit this year. Like, ugh. Like I feel like my garden has gone through a drought. Yeah. We've been dry. Like you said though, I'm not even gonna complain because I know others have it super, super bad. Um, but we have gotten rain at the right times and crops are looking pretty darn good um for what it for what it could be. Um, but we have been on the dry side. So and I have not been great this year about weeding or watering my garden. So my crop is not near what it has it been has in the past. Passed.
1: But that's okay. <laughs> Last week it was so hot and I was so diligent about getting out like at night or even in the morning or whatever I could do to water the garden really well because it was so stinking hot. And I'm like, why can't I just be this way all the time? Just be very dil- diligent about it. But yeah, it's it's looking okay. We have sweet corn that started just to get ready. How about you guys? The boys actually
0: just put some out on the stand for the first time today. Our first planting of sweet corn got hit pretty hard with no rain at the right time so it like you drive over to the big sweet corn patch and like the first is so sporadic and the 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 plants are so short I've never seen sweet corn that short but it actually has like what is there has ears on it Mm -hmm. um but I have people contacting me right and left like you know repeat customers that are they know it's that time of year and they're like ready for it and usually we have like a crap ton at that Mm -hmm. first one and I'm like guys I'm sorry like it just well, you're gonna have to wait for the second picking because yeah. this one i mean we have enough for like people to come get like a dozen here or there but not like the 20 30 40 dozen that they want to start freezing and freezing. stuff so yeah. that's gonna have to wait till second picking and it shouldn't be long but um people are chomping at the bit for it so i know we've eaten it yeah. we've eaten it a few times for you know for our dinner and it's just as good as it was last year like the quality is not there but it's our just quantity, the plants got the plants got early, hit hard yeah yeah, yeah so but the- so
1: starting into facts did you know which i didn't know until a few years ago and justin explained this to me that the humidity in the air is produced by the corn or is created by the corn or some. Thing like that i don't have this written down this is just off the top of my head
0: no but that makes a lot of sense because i mean think about just walking into a cornfield and how like you can almost not breathe like if you're in you know
1: yeah. well and it that's why it gets more humid like in july and august is because i don't someone will quote, say something but like i think it's something like it produces humidity or moisture and so it makes the air more humid well, with the amount of corn that
0: Iowa, that the Midwest has, I mean, mm-hmm. that does make sense.
1: Yeah. That it's I, not. I at the statistic or what yeah. are the actual fact on it, but there is something related to the humidity in the air in the corn. The corn wow, is doing cool. something to create the humidity.
0: I wonder but, if it also then creates like, has any, um, like fog. Oh,
1: right. You know what I mean? yeah you know, i don't even look
0: out because i mean what i would think fog is also moisture mm-hmm. and humidity. so i wonder if that's like why we get a lot of fog
1: right yeah know. maybe we'll something. have to look it up and talk about something it Something
0: to look into yeah
1: something. yeah and other, right. while,
0: we're, while we're talking about corn facts and you probably knew this one but it's something that i think it's something i don't even have written down but when jason told me years ago i still find it fascinating that for every kernel of corn there is a silk. Yes. Yeah. So the silk that you see on coming out the top of the corn um, is how many kernels that corn that ear of corn. A kernel, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so the silk produces a kernel and the silk is how it pollinates that yeah. kernel. So if there's any kind of disruption in that pollination Um, and the pollen comes from the tassel that falls down, Mm -hmm. hits the silk and then the silk, is how I understand it anyway, um, develops the kernel. But if you open one up and it's like all cattywampus and the kernels are not in perfect rows and whatnot,
1: something apparently happened in the pollination. I actually did not know that until literally maybe a year or two ago. And somebody on Instagram, a farm wife or something like, opened it up and described it very early on where you could see the silks coming out yeah. like the kernel was I was like kylie oh, and jordan yeah.
0: Epperson just did something like that where did like they? he, he like picked a, yeah he picked like an early ear of corn which they were showing how because they're in such a drought where they're mm-hmm. at in missouri that um the some of their stuff didn't even tassel Right. So, cause I think they might've got a windstorm or something as well that snapped the plant off. So the ear had started to develop. This could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she was saying the ear started to develop and he picked an ear, but because the, the plant did not tassel and pollinate those silks, that the silks were still like connected. And he, un- he chucked it work. and like held it, and those those silks were still all just like connected to every single kernel that they were attached to. It was I' gonna have to look it was pretty up. cool. Gonna... You'll have to look it up. It's one of her um
1: I'm pretty sure she did a reel out of it. yeah, I'll have to check yeah. that out. so check that out. It's really cool. Mary Pat Sass was in Iowa, I don't know a week or two ago, and she even made the comment that like and I've noticed it, and i don't I don't know a whole lot, but I was even noticing like the fields were very um uneven in their tassel tasseling or whatever so she's like they're not pollinating at the same time whatever so that can affect things and she had noticed that quite a bit and it was probably due to drought she's like it's not just one or two fields it was like kind of wide range about it so Mm -hmm. I was like yeah I have seen that too but I didn't think anything of it but yeah didn't know the reason behind it yeah. But it's, it's crazy when you look at some fields and you're like, Ooh, that does not look great. And Justin's like, they were probably missing some kind of fertilizer or mineral or something mm-hmm. this year. And with it being so dry, it's affecting the stalks and the corn too. Yeah. So,
0: Yeah. So Jason is spraying right now. He's spraying fungicide, okay. um, which always just like which a lot of people put fungicide on with a helicopter or an airplane. We've done that. We've done that in the past too. Um, But he just recently got a new sprayer that sits up high enough um, to where he can spray tasseled corn so okay. i haven't got to ride with him yet in the sprayer doing that but like i kind of want to because i just think it would be really cool to be like on top of that tall corn and like it's so tall that's so tall i'm like oh my gosh isn't that crazy but he gets frustrated because he can't run as fast as he um, would normally run right. in the sprayer, so um it does take a little bit longer so we've been having long nights around here but okay. we're about half done so
1: good hopefully
0: yeah yeah okay what what other facts do you have us? That was that one's on corn,
1: but Well, so kind of going off of um I think it was last week I saw a, a reel or TikTok something that someone shared and basically the lady was saying like I just bought this bag of grapes and it was $10. Like I shared it on my stories and she's like 10 whole dollars and a guy cuts in and he's like I'll bet you or I'll tell you who's not getting that whole $10. He was the farmer that grew those grapes. And he was like I can't speak for grapes, but as a blueberry farmer, grower, I don't know what they call themselves. Um, he goes for every dollar for a three dollar pint or whatever the size of the thing is at the store, he goes, we're only getting, I don't even remember what he said. It was like eight cents or twenty-five cents or something. I don't know, something like that. Some crazy ridiculous small amount. And so the fact I have is um, I gotta find it. After input costs, farmers and ranchers only receive eight cents out of every dollar. Yeah. Which have you terrible. also
0: heard the one? Um, and I think it's actually an audio on Instagram where it says like farmers are the only ones that pay retail for like mm-hmm. their supplies and something else, and but sell at wholesale. Yeah prices like Mm -hmm. and it's so true like when you said I have to listen I've had to listen to it like a couple
1: times and I'm like
0: holy crap that's true like that's so true and still the products that they
1: grow and they sell like they still have to purchase at full price at the store yeah yeah it's not like they get some kind because we don't
0: produce the final product we're producing yeah exactly crazy all right do you have one Um, yeah, so, so mine is there are 2 million U.S. farms, roughly 3 million people work for the country's over 2 million farms, and nearly all of these farms are family run. Um, and you said you kind of had one of this kind of the same facts, and what was the percentage you found? Uh, 98% are family operated. So ninety-eight percent of those two million farms are family operated. So like I was saying, that in case you don't know that that is all farms. That is not just crop farms. That is ranches, that is livestock, um, that is apples, oranges, blueberries, cranberries, it's everything.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it's that- easy for us to forget that like farming goes beyond like row crops, like beyond corn and soybeans. Like it goes oh my gosh. To so many things. Cotton, wheat fruits, veggies. I mean, all of it. And did you, (laughs) did you feel like 2 million was a low number? I don't even know how many people we have like in the United States, but I don't know. I was just happy that 98% were family operated.
0: Oh, me too. I, I was surprised at that number to be honest. Um, but I was very happy about it because I feel like the word factory farm and corporate farms, and you know, corporations buying up um, farm land and things like that, right? Um, and I get, I guess, I don't really know if it says family run, so that would mean that the farms are family run. I wonder, I would be anxious to see like the actual a, ground the land itself how much of it is family farm owned Owned, versus corporate owned and Mm -hmm. and farmed by the family so if you don't know what we're talking about um for instance we farm quite a bit of land however we only own a certain percentage of that land the other someone else owns we rent that land from them to farm so you pay a price per acre um to rent that land from them
1: we literally had this conversation at golf last night about how um there's so many investors coming into our area and purchasing land and then there's certain farmers in our area that have like an in with these investment companies or people that are selling the land and so like say the company sells the land they know a farmer and they're like hey we have a farmer to rent this ground For you so like they're kind of the go-between um and it just makes it really hard because like the small farmers it's really hard for them to be able to grow and purchase more land which we need to do but um there's also a lot of bigger farmers that
0: will will and can pay more rent for Mm -hmm. that land um and that just drives the cash rent price up for everyone in the area and unfortunately tricky yeah
1: because it's like you can possibly afford more right now or a couple of years ago but like if markets don't look great like how long can you float on that because
0: obviously you're making more money um per acre if you own that land even if it's not paid off i mean you are um not paying for it just like you just like you have more equity in a home if you own it versus going out and renting a home it's the same concept but yes those big corporate industries um and things like that that are buying up land left and right are making it very hard for the family farm to grow in um owning their own land
1: yeah Yeah. to kind of piggyback off of your fact you just said um I have one that says farm and ranch families are less than 2% of the U S population. Yeah. So the farmer and rancher families are less than 2%. I think that's why
0: I felt like that 2 million was low. Right. Because if we're less than 2%, like you said, I don't know how many people are in the actual U S but if we're less than 2%, then Mm -hmm. 2 million and, and we make up 2 million farms, like yeah. I so, feel like that's low. Like, I, I it is low but it's, I, because, I mean, back in the day, I'm sure it was like, – I mean, everybody had to farm, so
1: yep. crazy. Another one kind of off of that, talking with, like, family farms and ranches, is um, 86% of U.S. ag products are produced by family farms and ranches. Okay. So apparently the other – 14% comes from somewhere else. Imports? Yeah. I would guess. Okay. So <laughs> this one I
0: found interesting. Um, 90% of U.S. farms are quote unquote uh, small. It says in the United States, a farm is considered small if its gross income is less than 350000 a year. So nine out of 10 farms in the country rank as small, accounting for 52% of the land and 26% of the production. So basically if you gross less than 350,000 a year, you're considered a small farm farm. Yeah. And nine out of 10 are ranked as
1: small farms. So I thought that was um, interesting something else i had seen is uh approximately 60 percent of farmers in the u.s are 55 years old or older and yeah. then that things made a comment saying like what does this look like for future the future farmers because oh lost you yep <laughs> uh the future for farmers like are their next generation because not always does the next generation continue to farm right. but there are are you a millennial barely but yes I don't even know what the years are for millennial but I think it's I'm- 80,
0: I can tell you because my husband likes to call me a millennial because it's 81 to like I don't even know what but it starts at 81 and he's 80 and I'm 85 so okay He loves calling me a millennial. So I think
1: it's to 89 or a 90. It might be to 90. It might be. Yeah. Because I'm a millennial and I'm 89. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why it only said millennial. I should have maybe tried to dig deeper to see if I could find like what other generations. But there are 257,454 millennial farmers. And every time I say a millennial farmer, I think of (laughs) the millennial farmer. farmer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah um is that a lot i don't know but like if you think of like 200 million i feel like it's not but i guess that's farms not necessarily farmers but i feel like that's really low yeah but i wonder too like their parents but i think our generation
0: i think our generation they also said is like the has the highest percentage of like we felt the pressure to go to college and right. do like that we've you know what I mean? like i've I think I've heard that fact where like millennials were like, I guess pressured more, and like it was basically like wasn't accepted to not go to college. you know what I mean? like, right. and so that makes sense because not that you can't go to college and be a farmer, but just like pushing like college was more pushed over a trade. I think right, in yeah. the millennial generation so well,
1: and if you think of like our parents age at least my parents were young when they had me but even like my father-in-law he's 62 and so it's like he hasn't quite not he will probably never fully retire let's be honest but like they haven't gotten to that point yet so i don't know if maybe not saying it always will but maybe if some of those families are to the point of retirement that then the millennial kid will step up
0: i maybe. don't know
1: But it might be be too late. It'll be interesting to see how that grows or doesn't grow. Right. Who knows? We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We would appreciate you showing us some love by following and subscribing to World Talk on your favorite podcast streaming app. Or take a screenshot to share and tag us at simply.ashley
0: and at Jenna L. Masters. Until next time, friends.